you're listening to the radio station CITR on 101.9 FM in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. This is weekly punk rock radio show called Rocket from Russia. Uh, my name is Russian Tim and welcome to this uh, radio show, my friends. Yes, this is happening. happening. Oh, this is happening here on CITR. Uh, we just heard a song by the band called Screaming Females from New Jersey. That song is called Ripe. I think this is how it's pronounced, uh, from uh, the band's uh, last studio album, which is called Rose Mountain. Uh, the reason I opened up the show uh, with a song is because uh, today in the show I will play you uh, my interview with the band. Uh, they were here on August 8th, I believe it was, so it was over a month already, but I had some other shows planned I already. Um, Yeah, I agreed to some interviews prior to that. Uh, so, yeah, uh, month later, this interview is finally being aired. Uh, I think it turned out pretty well. I personally did enjoy talking to them, to, to the band, to the guys. And, um, yeah, we'll get a chance to hear that very, very soon. How about we will start listening to a couple of tracks uh, from their new album called Rose Mountain. And what we will do, we will start with a song uh, which is called Hopeless. To me, it's such a, such a beautiful song. It's really... It's, I think it is a beautiful song. Uh, Marissa, who writes uh, songs uh, in the band uh, Screaming Females, uh, she said that she usually writes songs uh, about a few, a few couple of things. She doesn't write a specific song about one thing. But uh, I think, and I think I heard in interviews from, from the guys uh, that um, they think that even Marissa said she doesn't like it. This is like a breakup song, I think. I think that's how it is. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm not the one to translate lyrics and then uh, tell people what the song is about because I don't have the ability to usually understand the lyrics. Anyways, I'm talking too much. How about we just listen to the song and you uh, make all the decisions? Who, who, who am I to tell you? Uh, yeah, let's, let's do it. So this is Screaming Females, a song called Homeless, really beautiful song and you're listening to Rocket from Russia. Nothing 
Listening to the radio station CIT, and this is weekly punk rock radio show called Rocket from Russia. Yes, that's uh, that's the name of the show you're listening to. Uh, yeah, uh, we just heard two songs by the band called Screaming Females uh, from their new studio album Rose Mountain, that which came out uh, this year, correct, on Don Giovanni Records. And the opening track was called Hopeless, and yes, that's truly, in my opinion, a beautiful song. And then we heard the title track, which is called Yeah Rose Mountain, the same as the name of the album. And uh, I like this outro of this from the song. Um, they used something called attack piano um, for for this outro, and um, uh, I asked obviously about that um, in the interview with the band called Screaming Females. Uh, speaking of the interview with Screaming Females, how about we listen to the part one of my conversation uh, with the band? I talked to all uh, three members of the band, Marissa, Jared and Mike. Uh, they all uh, were in the van when we talked about um, different, uh, then they answered my uh, different questions. And uh, in the first uh, part, we I f- focused all my questions about their brand new an- uh, album called Rose Mountain. Um, how about we take a listen and... Uh, Maybe find, learn a couple of things. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe not. Anyway, you listen to Rocket from Russia. Uh, this is my interview with the band called Screaming Females. This is part one. Welcome back to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and congratulations on the release of your brand new fantastic super album called Rose Mountain, which came out on February 24th, 2015 on Don Giovanni Records. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Marissa, before we begin the interview, uh, it was your birthday exactly a week ago, and I know that you're fascinated by cranberries, so I brought you a little bit of a, a small present. Yeah. Ooh, they're nice and cold. Yeah. <laughs> I was looking for fresh ones, but it's Thank not you. season. Oh, it's fine. Thank you. So Marissa, much. yeah, Marissa has a fantasy of being able to uh, wander around in the cranberry bog. It's my number one thing on my bucket list. <laughs> Things to do before I die is to wade in that cranberry bog. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. This actually you put put this in the bathtub. <laughs> and then wait around in it. Yeah. <laughs> I might do that in the motel room tonight. <laughs> I've been trying to get into Screaming Females for a while. The past two times you came into town, I sat down myself, listened to Ugly and Castle Rock, and I couldn't get in. But this album changed everything. I fell in love. I love the album, and this album helped me to get into the band and really go back and discover. You were able to revisit everything. Exactly, exactly. With that in mind, would you say that Rose Mountain is a little bit different than your previous records for you as uh, songwriters and musicians? Yeah. Absolutely. I think we try to make every album a little bit different. So we stay interested in our project because if we made the same thing all the time, it would be very boring. Um, with Rose Mountain, we were really focused on uh, vocal melodies and like very concise songwriting. Um, so in that way, it's different than our previous albums in which we kind of like kind of threw caution of the wind and just let things happen. We talked a lot more about songs, like composition with this record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, I even heard in one of the interviews you said that you used a different approach. You wrote the shell of the song and then let Marissa go back home and work on the melodies. Yeah, um, we often in, in the past, I mean, still, the way we write music is uh, the three of us get together and just play until something interesting starts to happen and then we f begin to form that into a song. Um, but due to that, a lot of times, by the time you get uh, an interesting instrumental thing going, there might not be a lot of room left for the vocals to really carry the song. So, um, in wanting to do something different, I mean, this is our 10th year as a band, so uh, if we're going to still have something to say 10 years later, you got to try different things. So, we tried to just work on a different approach in songwriting, and the thing that we thought would be interesting to do is have uh, have the vocals really carry the song, the vocal melodies. Yeah, yeah. I also heard that when you recorded the album in the basement, there was a tack piano, which is uh, you used in the Rose Mountain outro. Yeah. Going back, like, generally speaking, screaming females, it's just bass, drums, and guitar. In terms of using different instruments and using specifically tack piano, is it something that you interested in adding to the screaming female sound? I mean, we all are able to play instruments other than, like, the assigned ones that we're known for. Um, and we just typically, during recording sessions, haven't really had time to, like, explore other options, other sonic options. So when we were recording with Matt Bayless, we just had, we simply had time to, like, kind of try organs and pianos and synthesizers and stuff like that. So. And Matt really brought a lot of that to the process as well. I mean, it was the first album that we worked on with a with a producer who's really had input on songwriting uh -huh. um, and the the arrangements and things. But the the thing that he really uh, brought to the table with us, because we had worked so much on the composition, he worked a little bit on that with us. But what he really brought was uh, different ideas for instrumentation. So a lot of that going on in the record um, that you hear those other sounds are stuff that he um, suggested and we played all of it ourselves pretty much uh, and worked with him with some of our ideas but he kind of I think got some of that going for us got some of the, those thoughts out there that's cool um, recently released a new video for super song empty head very interesting could you please tell the story about, about this video and where it was shot I tried to um, Jared saw a you were at some art thing. I was in a gallery. Yeah, he was at a gallery and he was they had some video installations and uh this guy who lives in Philadelphia named Tobias Stretch was showing some work and then Jared told me about it and we were trying to figure out who would make a music video for our new album. This is before it even came out. And um so I was like whatever I'll just email this guy even though it seems like he is a very well renowned artist and probably doesn't have time for like little band but he actually wrote me back and he was like cool yeah I'll do it and so because uh, what he does he does like a stop-motion animation is so time-consuming um, I was like I'll make the puppets so that you can have time to do your other projects and then just maybe you could do a really simple animation for us and that's basically what happened <laughs> it's yeah. very very cool and it's Thank filmed you. in Philadelphia Phil okay. and uh, which is where Tobias works and he a lot of his work it, he's really interested in doing these full-scale uh, 
in real environment um, stop motion. So most stop motion's done, you know, on a, like a little miniatures sets and things like that. So he does these things on these full scale, and because of that, he likes to find uh, kind of abandoned or uh, he does like a lot of urban exploring, urban exploring. <laughs> and finds like interesting sets for his projects that are remote enough that he won't be bothered and can set up all this stuff and shoot all day for many, many days in a row. But because of that, I think he finds some interesting spots to shoot, and Philadelphia's a good place for that because there's lots of just abandoned things to find.
you're listening to the radio station CITR. Rocket from Russia is on the air. And um, today on the show, I am playing you my interview with a band called uh, Screaming Females from uh, New Jersey uh, in the United States of America. And uh, we just heard a song uh, called Empty Head. Uh, that was a song which um, the band uh, has the new video for. And yes, we discussed that as well. And yeah, let's keep moving on. Let's listen to the part two of our conversation. And uh, in this one, we talked about a visit to Discord House and uh, meeting Ian Mackay, and also an interesting story about a song called Wipeout um, and Captain Ron. Uh, check it out. This is part two of my conversation with uh, Screaming Females. When you were in D.C., you got a chance to see the Discord house, and you got a tour with Ian Mackay. Could you please tell this story and how you met mm -hmm. him and everything? This is extremely exciting. <laughs> We've met Ian a, f a few times. Um, I think, trying to remember the first time we met him. Do you guys remember the first time? I think it was at a show that Chris Moore ran. Oh, yeah, that's right. So our friend Chris, um, who plays in a bunch of bands, a bunch of hardcore bands from D.C., was running shows, and he, we've known him for a long time, running DIY shows in D.C., and then he started running um, bigger and bigger shows and started doing shows at St. Stephen's Church, which is the, the venue that if you see any flyers from the 80s and early 90s of Discord bands, they all, they all played that place. So... He set up a show for us there, and Ian was there and met him at, at that event. And people had introduced me to him before because he's friends with Ted Leo, who we've toured with. And anyway, but th one of the most interesting moments with Ian for me was when we were playing with uh, Against Me in DC, and we were playing 9:30 Club upstairs. It's a pr uh, pretty good size venue, and I was playing, and I usually play with my eyes closed, playing drums. And I opened my eyes and I looked to the left, and there's Ian McKay, like kind of just standing right there, right off stage. And it was like, whoa! It kind of surprised me. So I turned and looked the other way, and then to my right, standing directly off stage, was Max Weinberg, the drummer from uh, Bruce Springsteen's band, because uh, his yeah. son was playing with with against me at the time. And I was just like, whoa! Don't look that way either. <laughs> so he looked straight. Yeah. <laughs> Close my eyes. Stop looking at them. But. Uh, but yeah, the, uh, so he'd invited us to come see the house before. Um, he's like, yeah, come on over. And then he gave us a call the next day and told us that he had a meeting change and he wasn't going to be able to show us the house. So um, fast forward a few years and uh, Lance Banks had started uh, hanging out with us, coming on tour, shooting some footage. And he's known Ian for a long time. I think he spent some time even living at um, Discord House. Um, so Lance gave... Ian a call and was like, oh yeah, you guys should come over and check the place out. So we got to see the house and then right across the street is their like little warehouse where they keep everything stored and do all their mail order and business out of. Um, but it was really, really cool to see it. And it's, it's so, it's in a neighborhood that's just, looks like a plain old suburban neighborhood, you know. And I think the thing that we were most impressed by being there was how meticulous his collections are. Preserved. He has every flyer in perfect shape. Not like, you know, crumpled yeah. up flyer you threw in your backpack or something. He has like a pristine flyer for like pretty much every punk show that happened in DC. Wow. He has every, he has all these cassettes, all these like hand labeled cassettes from, you know, Calvin Johnson sending him mixtapes and stuff like that. And you're just pulling these things off the shelf and you're just like, oh, here's 
a mixtape that Henry Rollins made for him, and here's and he's just and he while we were there, he was cataloging um, Minor Threat practice tapes because apparently they recorded every practice they ever did. So he was digitizing them all and writing out and making sure he knew exactly what songs they had played in each one. So wow. he's incredibly meticulous. <laughs> wow. wow, wow. That's cool. That's super cool. Yeah. Uh, speaking of celebrities, could you please tell the story how you met the guy who might have written or might have not written this song? <laughs> <laughs> There is this dude in Boise. Do you remember his I, name? I Captain Ron. Captain Ron. And we were hanging out at Neurolux or the, or the Crux? The Crux, I think. I don't, I don't know. We were outside of the venue we were playing, and this, there was a bar across the street, and this guy named Captain Ron came across the street, and he was like, you uh, know. Captain Ron. Yeah, he said, hey, I'm Captain Ron. You're like, well, ahoy, Captain. And he was like, I wrote Wipeout, and we were like, all right. And then... No reason not to believe it. And then we... Walked away. No, but then we looked up Wipeout. Yeah. And, and it was written said, by a guy named Ron. The drummer of the, yeah. of the, of the Safaris is named Ron. Yeah, and so but supposedly might be he's dead or something, or he's been been missing for years since like, 1989. <laughs> and we're like, maybe maybe he just is he's hanging just out in you know, Boise. He's alive. alive. He's alive. Like and he's in Boise, and he's drunk as hell. Yeah, he's wasted. Yeah, he's wasted. <laughs> Let's take a look. This is the picture. Oh, I don't know. He well, had like a but yeah, it's like and yeah. was drunk. <laughs> that, I mean, see, Ron Wilson is the drummer. Yeah, that's Captain Ron. And so you take a look here. The old man, the drummer, Ron Wilson, yes. 18, who often shakes loose to the 20-minute song. Yeah. I believe it. I'll believe, I believe, I believe it. believe it, too. Yeah. I have no reason not to believe it. <laughs> Wipeout!
hello, this is Rocket from Russia, this is Russian Tim, and uh, you're listening to CITR. Uh, today on the show I'm playing you screaming females, uh, playing my interview with them, playing their songs, but the song we heard right now wasn't by screaming females, it was by a surf band called The Surfaris, and that was that Wipeout song uh, which Captain Ron supposedly came up with. I love this story. After that story I had to play you uh, this song. I think it's a great story. I uh, like it and I hope you uh, had a couple laughs as well. Uh, all right, let's keep the good pace and let's um, um, go to the part three of my conversation with Screaming Females. Uh, the part three pretty much consists of only one question and in this question we talked about uh, doing a cover of um, uh, Paris uh, Smith uh, song uh, called Because the Night um, and uh, Screaming Females and Garbage covered that song uh, for the record store days uh, a couple of years ago. And um, yes, uh, let's check it out. Uh, let's check out, let's hear the story of working with Garbage and recording Patty's Smith cover. Uh, this is my conversation with Screaming Females. Marissa, could you please tell me, you got a chance to record a song with your number two childhood hero, Shirley Manson. <laughs> He's number one. Edith Piaf. Oh, yes. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, because you were, you were on tour and it was not an easy tour for you, but at the same time you got a chance to hang out with... Oh, yeah. The band you were. Cool. Uh, could you please tell us the whole story came about? How specifically this song, and that you said, okay, let's do the song live, and then how transition to the actual recording? Um, we were on tour with them on the West Coast, and they were all very, very friendly and kind to us. Um, and Shirley was very sweet to me, and I immediately told her, I was like, your band. Well, we had already struck up a friendship via email, <laughs> so she already was privy to the fact that when I was young, I was very much a fan. And also later on the tour, I found out that I was very active on the garbage message board, which was humiliating. Um, <laughs> but uh, she was people just like... remembered oh. Marissa from the message board. There were people at the shows who down. remembered me from the message board. <laughs> but I don't know how they... Anyway, it doesn't matter. What was your nickname? My, my username was just my name. Because oh. this is like back in the late 90s. I didn't understand the internet yet. I shouldn't have probably even had it. And I don't know what I was talking about all the time on the garbage message board either. Anyway, um, she was just, I think it was like the third or fourth show, and she was like, oh, we should do a song together where you come play guitar. And I was like, yeah. And then we were thinking about what we should do. And we were thinking of like Susie Sue songs and like Patti Smith songs. And then we were like, let's just do the hit. Let's just do the Patti Smith hit, you know? So that was it. We practiced it like two times and then did it in... Texas and people seemed to really like it wow. so um, when we got home from tour um, she she and her band invited us out to LA to record it in a really really fancy big studio it's very, on the video yeah that it's, it's massive it's really big <laughs> it's very yeah yeah it was cool yeah, and so yeah we did because the night and uh, in the studio is pretty amazing it's this kind of historic LA studio and a lot of those studios don't Are, are going under currently because so much music can just be recorded in, if not a bedroom, then a small studio, you know, so you don't need these giant studios anymore as much. So it's kind of interesting that places they were saying was being kept alive by uh, they produce sounds for recording. I don't know, but they had Frank Sinatra's coat hook there. Yeah. And also the snare drum from Gish. <laughs> yeah, so you're, yeah. 
And they had they had like lighting so you could change if you were like, oh, I'm not feeling these red lights. Let's go to blue lights for this <laughs> session. But uh, it was pretty amazing. I mean, it's something you can chalk up. Uh, I mean, it's, I think on a recording it says produced by garbage and screaming females. But you know, uh, having Butch Vig working a song that we did, even if it's a cover, is a pretty amazing life event.
Hello, hello, you are listening to Rocket from Russia and we just heard a song called Because the Night. This is a cover of Patty Smith's song, which uh, Screaming Females did uh, together with uh, Garbage. Uh, let's uh, listen to the final part of uh, my uh, interview with Screaming Females. Uh, in that um, final part, uh, we talked about significant differences between no North and South Jersey. Uh, we talked about playing music with a math teacher, a mathematics teacher, and um, I also asked the band in the, in, the, in the end of the interview to review a movie um, which is called Jeff Who Lives at Home. Let's check it out. This is the final part of my interview with new screaming females from New Brunswick, New Jersey. I would have to use the notes for my next question because, like, I'm from Russia and I don't know American cities very well. I don't know. Like I'm Moscow, and that's it. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> uh, you are from New Brunswick, New Jersey, mm -hmm. and I did a little bit of research because I just wanted interested. I found that there are significant differences between North and South Jersey. Cor <laughs> correct yes. me if I'm wrong, but what I learned: if you are from New Jersey, uh, from North Jersey, you eat subs and they eat hoagies. <laughs> you go to 7-Eleven, they go to Wawa. You read the Star Ledger, not the Asbury Park press and you guys use sprinkles and they use jimmies yeah. <laughs> you're so smart Nailed it. you're right yeah. and and we and if you're from north jersey you're into the football team the giants and if you're from south jersey you're into the eagles and that's i mean they're, they're the, the philadelphia team um and that's like a classic rivalry in New Jersey. Yeah. Whether you're, it's a clear demarcation if you're from North Jersey or, or South Jersey. I mean, I guess you could be into the Jets if you're from North Jersey, too. Yeah. But uh, but the Giants versus Eagles thing is pretty fierce. <laughs> but those are, like, set differences. There's there's no way that a person from North Jersey would go to Wawa. They're starting to creep. They're starting to creep up into North Jersey, but originally they were mainly yeah. South Jersey and Pennsylvania. That being said, the first time I ever saw a Wawa, I was like tickled pink because it's called Wawa, and that's funny. And I was just like, "What is this place?" And then I walked in, and I was like, "Oh, it's 7-Eleven." But yeah, it's weird. Yeah, I didn't know what Wawa was. Um, I, we have 7-Elevens here, but yeah, I'm not very familiar. Well, they, well, the thing is that Wawa they make. Uh, Hoagies. Hoagies. Yeah. I saw it. in the picture. Yeah. <laughs> They're not good. Don't get one. <laughs> but uh, it's kind of a classic South Jersey thing to do when you're a kid growing up. You just like go to the Wawa. <laughs> you get this giant thing of what's called iced tea, but it's actually just sugar, sugar. water. I mean, it maybe has like a little bit of tea in it somewhere, but it's really you get this giant container, sugar water, and a, and a hoagie from, uh, from the hoagie bar. <laughs> <laughs> then you go smoke weed with your friends. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Marissa and Mike, you went to Razelle Catholic High School and started playing music with your math teacher. And Mike, you played mandolin. Could you please tell how does the... No, I did not. No? No, the, our math teacher did. Oh, okay, sorry. It'd be funny It's okay. Mike played mandolin. I just, I just, before we get further into this story, I figured we'd... Yeah, 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 yeah because that's, that's important detail. <laughs> Could you please explain how the Hay, hay game works? <laughs> that was a, a, an, a, an exercise that he taught us at the music club that um, was just to teach you how to play with other people. So somebody would start 
typically, I guess maybe the drummer would start and they play a beat and when they found something that they like that they can repeat in like a couple measures or something then they say hey and then the next person goes and they try and play something that goes along with that drum beat and then they say hey and the next person and you just keep building on top of it and it te- and then you know you go around and then it gets back to the drummer and then they get to change the beat up and you know just it just teaches you how to play with other people which a lot of people don't know how to do cuz anyone like a lot, like any, all of us at some point were just sitting in our rooms playing music alone and you can get really good at doing that but then when you get in a room with other people it's it's nearly impossible unless you practice mm-hmm. doing that and that was one of the I mean I'm a few years older than Marissa and I'm I don't know five years older than Mike or something and uh, <clears throat> when we first started playing together uh, I was amazed by how good they were at picking up on rhythms and subtleties of what was going of what I was playing um, and I think a lot of that came from learning the math teacher. yeah the yeah. math teacher learning music in that style it's so rare there's so many people who have no idea how to play along just other musicians I recently went to his house and, and he taught me some more stuff we like played together some more yeah that's cool yeah he's the best Mr. Soliberta big, big shout out <laughs> There's a legendary store called vine, uh, Vintage Vinyl. Mm-hmm. Marisa, you got there and you even saw the Blood Brothers and the Shins in stores. Could you please tell uh, the story about this record store and uh, which significant records you picked up there? Um, it was the closest. Well, it wasn't the closest record store to my house, but it was the one we would like get a ride to and hang out at. And it's super big, and they would have in store sometimes, and I didn't. <clears throat> I wasn't really like permitted to go to the to New York to like see shows. I was also wasn't old enough for most of them, so seeing an in-store vintage vinyl was like usually my only chance to see a band that I liked. Um, and I remember my I have a really vivid memory of uh, I heard the gossip for the first time at home on my PC computer. I like downloaded it from the Killer Rockstar site and I was like, oh, I love this record. And so. I had some money from, like, whatever. My dad probably gave me money for gas in my car or something. I was, like, a junior in high school. And I drove to Vintage Vinyl, and I bought Movement by the gossip, and I took it home, and I listened to it. And then I was like, this is the greatest thing I ever heard. So then I went in my dad's room and did something horrible, which was steal money from him. <laughs> and I drove right back to Vintage Vinyl and bought everything else that they recorded. <laughs> and sorry, Dad, but I don't feel that bad about it anymore. <laughs> Yeah, and the final question. I know that you guys like movies. Could you please give the review to this movie? <laughs> it's not very good. The movie's garbage. You gotta yeah, say the name trash. of it. You gotta give give some insight. Jeff, who lives at home, is a garbage movie. <laughs> Do not see it. We actually saw that movie in Iowa and missed... It was the first time we were ever going to play the state of Nebraska. And we were on our way there, and these warnings started coming on the radio. It took over the radio of the car, and all of our phones started going off saying there's tornadoes coming through. And we looked it up, and we were like, holy crap, they're coming right for us. So we pulled off the highway, and like, maybe we'll wait it out. And we went to see Jeff, who lives at home. And then we also, because we were stuck there for so long, saw The Raid. The raid. Which is But then the power went out. Fabulous movie. You should see The Raid. But then the power went out in the middle of The Raid, and we didn't get to see the end. Uh, and once the storm had finally passed, we got back on the highway and had to cancel the show in Nebraska. 
and we were like, man, we shouldn't have canceled the show. It didn't seem like it was that bad. And as soon as we get on the highway, there's just flipped cars, like, everywhere. Like, flipped all over trucks on the side of the road. Flipped oh. over tractor trailers on the side of the road. And we were like, oh, maybe we made the right choice on this one. <laughs> even if it was, even if it did mean we have to see the movie Jack Who Lives at Home. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you so much. Very excited to thank see you. you. And congratulations yeah. again on the amazing release of Rose Mountain. Thank you. Thank Thanks you. for coming out. Thank Thanks you. for being here. Yeah. Thank you. My pleasure.
Hello, hello, hello. That was weekly punk rock radio show called Rocket from Russia. And today on the show, I played you my interview with a band called Screaming Females from New Brunswick, New Jersey. And we just heard a song uh, from their uh, last studio album, uh, which is uh, called uh, Rose Mountain. And that was a song called Burning Car. Yeah. Uh, hope you enjoyed my interview with uh, Screaming Females. I had fun doing it. Um, learned a couple of new things. For example, differences between um, North and South Jersey. Yeah. See? Rocket from Russia. Educational radio show on CITR. Yeah. Great. This is wonderful. Anyway, uh, no, not anyhow. No, how, yeah, I think you need to say anyhow in those situations. Regardless, um, if you like this radio show and you want to hear more, uh, you can do that at citr.ca at the sections where the, all the podcasts are located. Uh, you can do that also on Facebook if you prefer that website, if you like it. Uh, there's a Rocket from Russia page. Also, I, I, yeah, you can get it on um, iTunes and um, I have a blog, rocketfromrussia.tumblr.com. Uh, where all the episodes and interviews are uh, downloaded. Yes, this website exists as a web page. Yeah. Um, anyways, th- thank you so much for listening. Uh, have a great Tuesday. Um, and um, I would like to finish uh, the show with another song uh, from Rose Mountain, New Screaming Females album, which came out on Don Giovanni in February. And uh, this song is called Wishing Well. Thank you so much for listening. That was Rocket from Russia. And this is Screaming Females. Bye-bye.